0: We meet today in Psalm chapter 19. Psalm chapter 19 talks about the revelation of God in his creation, in his commands, and in Christ Jesus. Now, this can be called a great psalm of creation. It has been divided by many scholars into two parts, mainly creation and revelation of Jehovah in the law that is in his word Well, I have attempted to divide the psalm into three parts Creation of the cosmos, the commandments and Christ I feel that he has a special place here In the subject of redemption, salvation and the grace of God We will find God revealed in his creation In his commandments and in his grace in Christ This is all That God saw fit to give to men. And I do think that he has exhausted all the things he could tell us about himself. This psalm is so clear. Also, this is another psalm of David. And it is so called in the inspired text. There is a division right here in the text. The first part begins from verse 1 to verse 6. It uses the word El for the name of God, meaning the mighty one. He is the mighty one in creation. In the beginning, Elohim is the plural of El, created the heavens and the earth. As we read Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So it is put in the plural. Now, Elohim. Elohim is his name as the creator. The second division actually begins at verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect. And the word for God here is now Jehovah. It is also used seven times in this section. And the last time, two other names are added. That is Jehovah, Tzuri, Goyal meaning Jehovah my rock, my redeemer. Common sense scholarship does not try to explain the differences even in the names by contending that two different authors wrote it. Well, if the same common sense had been used in the study of the Pentateuch, some scholars would not have come up with the uh, Jehovahist and Elohist writers of the Pentateuch theory. The same writer wrote it using the two names of God. And that was for a purpose because the Holy Spirit was part of him. The Psalms flood light on many sections of the Bible. I trust that they bless your heart and they too as they bless my own heart. Now let us look at this special Psalm. And as we are considering the aspect of God in creation. This is again a morning psalm It speaks of creation in the first six verses Psalm 8 was a creation psalm And in it we saw the moon and the stars It was a night psalm Now Psalm 19 is called a day psalm Because in it we see the sun The sun is brought before us Here is Psalm 19 verse 1 to verse 6 the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, no language where their voice is not heard. Their line has come out through all the earth and the words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tabernacle for the sun which is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoices like a strong man to run its race. Its rising is from one end of heaven and its circuit to the other end. And there is nothing hidden from its heat. You see, this is a marvelous psalm. Speaking of the glory of God, the heavens declare the glory of God. Paul says it in this way in Romans chapter 1 verse 20. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. My friend, I would like to let you know that God has been speaking. God has been speaking from eternity past. He has decided to speak to us first by the works that he has done. So the heavens tell of the wisdom of God. They tell of the power of God. They tell it out. And I think that something of the plan and the purpose of God is in this whole story. From the beginning, creation has been the primitive witness of God to man. His creature. In all the creeds of the church, including the Apostles' Creed, creation is ascribed exclusively to God the Father. But when you come to the New Testament, where there is an amplification even of the act of creation, you find that it is not exactly accurate to say that God the Father is the maker of the heavens and the earth. The Trinity was involved in the creation of the earth, in fact. The word Elohim is a plural word in the Hebrew, and it speaks of the Trinity. The New Testament tells us that the Lord Jesus was the agent of creation, and the Holy Spirit came in and refurbished and revamped it. You see, we read in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The Apostle John tells of another beginning, you see. John chapter 1, verse 1 to verse 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. You see, this is another beginning. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16, speaking about the Lord Jesus says, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. This is why it becomes fitting to say in him we live, move, and have our being. The Lord Jesus Christ was the agent in creation. The first chapter of Ephesians tells us that all the members of the Trinity were involved in our redemption. God the Father planned our redemption. The Son paid for our redemption. And the Holy Spirit protects preserves our redemption you see this applies to god's creation as well god the father planned this universe god the son carried out the plan and god the holy spirit is moving and brooding over his creation the son who planned it he is the one who also redeemed this creation my friend It is interesting to note that the sun is prominent and is likened to a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. When I was in Jerusalem recently, on one clear morning, I saw the sun come up over the side of the Mound of Olives. What a thrill it was to see the light breaking on Jerusalem, the walls of the city, the high places first. You see, it touched David's tomb on Mount Zion, then touched the tops of the buildings, and then moved to the temple area. It was thrilling, and it was a picture of another bridegroom, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of Righteousness, rising with healing in his wings. Someday he is coming in glory to this earth, but before he comes, he is going to take his church out of the world. He is the bright and morning star. The bright and morning star always appears before the sun rises. What a picture we have here in the creation. There is nothing quite like it. This wonderful psalm pictures creation and the sun is being revealed there. In a way revealing God but you see the psalmist was here an excellent communicator and an excellent teacher he then brings in the idea of how god had revealed himself not only has god revealed himself in creation but god has revealed himself in his laws in his laws here is psalm 19 verse 7 to verse 11 the law of the lord is perfect converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgment of the Lord are true, and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. This is wonderful. I have called this section the fact and effect of the word of God. You can actually just divide on your right-hand column and left column fact and effect. The fact is that the law is perfect. What does it do? It converts the soul. The the law of the Lord is sure. It makes wise. It is right. It rejoices the heart. It is pure. It enlightens the eyes. The fear of the Lord, it is clean, enduring forever. Mm. Righteous altogether. What a wonderful way to look at that specific psalm. But you see, all of this is God's attempt to reveal himself to the world, first in creation, and then second in his law. I would like to give uh, another translation here from Gebeline. It is a wonderful one. He says here, the law of Jehovah is perfect, restoring the soul. The testament of Jehovah is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of Jehovah are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of Jehovah is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of Jehovah is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of Jehovah are truth. They are altogether righteous, more to be desired than gold, than much fine gold, and sweeter than honey and honeycomb. By them thy servant is warned. In keeping them, the reward is great." Isn't that wonderful? In keeping the laws of the Lord, the reward is great. That is part of the effect as well. When you keep the law of the Lord, you have a reward, you see. Notice what he says about the commandments. They are perfect. We would like to look at some of the details. The law cannot save us because it is perfect. And we are not. We cannot measure up to it. But there is nothing wrong with the law. Paul, who set forth the grace of God, says this about the law, in Romans chapter 7 verse 12 to 14. Therefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy, and just, and good. Has then what is good become death to me? Certainly not. But sin, that it might appear sin, was producing death in me through what is good, so that sin through the commandment might become Exceedingly sinful For we know that the law is spiritual But I am carnal Sold under sin You see there is nothing wrong with the law But it is the administration Of death to us Because there is something radically wrong With us The law was given to show us that we are sinners before God The law of the Lord Is perfect Second consideration The testament of the Lord is sure Now Don't bank on God changing to the new morality idea. God is not reading some of the new views of psychology. He is not listening to the decisions that some judges are handing down. No, no, no. God is going to punish sin. And he says that is what he is going to do. Thus, the testimony of the Lord is sure. You can be guaranteed judgment is coming. The commandments reveal that. The statutes of the Lord are right. Now someone says, there are certain commandments I don't like. Well, maybe you don't like them, but God likes them. They are right. What makes them right? It's God himself. You see, this is his universe. He made it, and he made the rules. Maybe you don't like the law of gravity, but I advise you not to fool with that law. That is, if you go to the top of a ten-story building, don't step off. Because God will not suspend the law of gravity just for you. It operates for everyone, doesn't it? And so God has set in the rules. His laws are right. The commandment of the Lord is pure. I tell you, it's pure. It will do something for you. It will ennoble you. And it will lift you up. The fear of the Lord is clean. Now, we are told that this word, fear, means reverential trust. I believe it means more than that. It means fear. We do well to fear God, my friend. You see? I loved my dead, but I sure was afraid of him. He kept me in line, and I think in the final analysis, that is what kept me out of trouble, out of jail, because I knew that when I did something wrong, there will be trouble home. The fear of the Lord is clean. The fear of the Lord will clean you up. The fear of my dad made me a better boy, but I still loved him. If you fear God, my friend, it will clean you up. The judgment of God are true. Now, do you want to know what truth is? Well, Pilate wanted to know. He asked our Lord Jesus, what is truth? In John 18 verse 38, and truth was standing right in front of him in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. The judgment of the Lord are righteous. You see, that means his judgments are right. Whatever God does is right. This is a tremendous section, and we ought to learn to love all of the word of God, all of it. God has not only revealed himself to his people, to creation, through creation, through what he has made, but he has also revealed himself through his word, the law of the Lord. But even more in a more special way, he decided to reveal himself in the person of Jesus Christ and the person of Jesus Christ has taken that revelation not only to be something that is outward but also something that is inward and so this brings us to the grace of God in Christ here is Psalm 19 verse 12 to verse 14 who can understand his errors cancel me from my secret faults keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless, and I shall be innocent of great transgressions. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Now, this is a wonderful section again. God is revealing himself through Christ, and he cannot just be known Through outward observation or even through just the consideration of his laws. But he can be known personally. We can personally be related with Christ. And this is why the meditation of the mouth, the words of the mouth and the meditation of the heart will make someone be acceptable in God's sight. But let's observe a few things. Who can understand his errors? Who can? I can give excuses, but God won't accept any excuse. God says that you cannot understand your errors. Just take his word for what it says. And do you know what God's word says? God's word says, you and I are sinners. You are a sinner. Take God's word. Then there is another word, cleanse me from secret faults. Secret faults are the problems with a great many people today. They are secret from themselves. They think they are not sinners. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins, and I shall be innocent from the great transgressions. Do you know what the great transgression is? It is the rejection of Christ, the one who is set before us. In this psalm now listen to the psalmist this is a verse that you hear many times maybe in a believers prayer or you might even have heard this word or these words sung in a song let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight Oh Lord my strength and my Redeemer who was David's strength Of course, we have seen God himself, Christ, who was his Redeemer, Christ. He is also my strength and my Redeemer. He becomes that through the grace of God. And what a wonderful sum this is. Is he your strength? Is he your Redeemer? You are wise to make him your strength and your Redeemer now and even for the rest of your life. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send a WhatsApp message or SMS to plus Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. I'll repeat that number for you. It's country code seven. Followed by seven two six four one four four seven five. From within South Africa, it's zero seven two six four one four four seven five.